Are you ready to just follow where he would lead? Ah, Jesus. Keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. And then the second one. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father, how lovely are your dwelling places. Oh, God, our souls, our, our hearts do yearn for those places with you, God. We are so hungry in our spirits, Father, for you. And so, God, we just, we just come under the shadow of your wings this morning. Father, we thank you so much for everything you've done, everything you're doing, and all of those things, Father, that we cannot even begin to imagine that you have up your sleeve. We bless you. We thank you. We honor you. We reverence you this morning. I ask, Father, that you do what only you can do in this space. And, Father, I pray that they forget me and remember you. I bless you in Jesus' name. And they said, amen, amen, amen. I think we'll do without that this time. I needed him so much <laughs> in the first service. He undergirded me. But I just I, the things that I want to share with you, I want to share with you just to... Have you had a good couple of weeks? Have you had a good month? Have you had a good year? How was this morning? Before you got here? Since you've been here? <laughs> I believe that we get progressively stronger in Him. The Word tells us that from glory to, we move from glory to glory and strength to strength. And my prayer is that in this service, in our time together, that we would move a little further this week than we did last week, go a little bit deeper into His presence, our understanding of who He is, our desire for Him would increase. How about you? I was uh, standing over there and I was thinking, I just want to ask them, what do you want? What do you want? I know some of you are thinking KFC right now. <laughs> but in spirit, I'm just thinking, God, I, I, just, I just really want you, God. I really want you, God. And then I'm like, well, yeah, I do, but I really need you too. God, I really need you. But the bottom line is that my heart is desperate for him. There's something on the inside of me that... that you just feel like you're going to perish. <laughs> you just feel like, God, none of it is worth it if you're not in it. None of it is worth it if you're not in it. I want him to be the absolute center, core to everything I do. What about you? See, because I need my life to have some meaning and some purpose and I need some direction. And without him being the focal point, the center point of my life, I don't know about you guys, but I can be the most scattered person on the planet. I really can. And I, I ran across this little quote by C.S. Lewis, and it just so captured my heart. And it said, if I find in myself a desire that no experience in this world can satisfy, the most, prob the most probable explanation is that I was not made for this world. Do I have anybody else who just kind of feels like an alien out here? <laughs> you, you feel like you're just, um, God, I, I know that there is, is somewhere that I was created from and for, and I want to walk on this planet the way you would have me walk on it. But God, as Pastor Ronnie said, I cannot wait 
to see you. I cannot wait to come and be with you. And, and the Lord was just dropping some things in my spirit in our pursuit of him. As we've talked about his presence. As we've talked about making him the center of everything that we do. And, in, and engaging him on different levels. Um, coming a little more awake, a little more alive, a little more aware of his presence. Has anybody seen that start to happen in your life? Are you starting to wake up in the morning and go, oh, I just... I really just want to go spend some time with him. That's my prayer. My prayer is that, that whatever we do, if we can nurture the seed that God has planted in you, if we can nurture that seed of desire that he has planted in you, that will cause you to move toward him more than you did yesterday, more than you did this morning, that we would continue to move forward in him. You know, it's not about expanding the kingdom. It's about advancing the kingdom. Two different things. You can have the biggest church in the world and not advance the kingdom. But see, you can have two. And you can move forward in the spirit with him and advance the kingdom. My prayer is that the kingdom would be advanced in your hearts, in your lives, in the body of this, in the, this body of believers. And what the Lord began to, to share with me was that, well, actually, he, he asked me this question in my office and that sounds so funny. I know it sounds funny. And to some of you, it probably sounds even <laughs> funnier than you abnormal church people. But uh, I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm just talking to him and I'm praying about this this, this morning. And, and he just asked this question. He said, am I a good father? And I went, yes, God. You are an amazing father. You, there, there are no fathers like you. You are the most amazing father. But I knew that that was the opening to the conversation we were getting ready to have. And so I was just kind of listening to him, which is what I love to do in his presence, is just listen because he's so much smarter than I am. And when he said, am I, not a, am I a good father? I'm like, yes, you are a wonderful father. And then he said, you know, I can tell the difference. I'm paraphrasing, you know that. But he, he's like... I, I can tell the difference in the cries of my people. I can tell the difference in the cries. And, and I had been studying about want and need and desperate places. Because when we, we opened that scripture, we said, ask, seek, and knock. And the Lord was just dropping in my spirit. You know, if you want something, you ask for it. You might get it, you might not get it. But when you want something, you ask for it. If you need something... You will pursue it. If you need it, you will go find it. When you are desperate for something, you will set yourself on a collision course with that thing. You will, will move in such a way. See, when you just want something, want says, oh, they got something. I, I'd like to have that too. That would, that would be cool. Need, you're like, it accrues over time and it starts to build up in your life and you start to really feel that lack. But then there's this desperate place to where it's beyond want, it's beyond need, it's I have no recourse other than this. This is, this is the Obi-Wan Kenobi moment. This is God, you are my only hope. You are my only help. And, and I know that God was saying when he said, am I a good father, all of this stuff just exploded on the inside of me because I knew he was saying, I know the difference in the cry. And as parents, we know the difference in the cry, don't we? We, we recognize that. And, and I felt like God, when he had given, actually, in all honesty, he gave me the title for this week, 
uh, Cry Out before he gave me any of the series, which was really strange, but he gave me the title Cry Out, and I just assumed it was this exclamation point, Cry Out. But it wasn't. It was an invitation. It was an invitation to take everything that God has placed on the inside of you, all of this that he's been stirring on the inside of you. It was an invitation to take it before him and go, oh God, here it is. This, this is everything, God, that I need to bring to you is right here. And to offer it to him in the invitation. And it, the invitation was in the cry. And the difference was in the cry. And so I began to argue with him a little bit. He started to take me on this mental journey and about the difference in the cries. Because, see, sometimes we are kind of serious about God. Sometimes we kind of want, as Kevin said, we kind of want the stuff of God. Sometimes we get in a mess and we need God. And sometimes we are desperate and we cry out from a place that is completely different from our days when we just want him and it would be cool to have him, right? Okay, so I just kind of began to delve into that and the Lord began to take me on this mental journey. And I started to argue and I went, God, I can't tell them all of that because I've already told them these stories before. I know you have conversations like this when the Lord's trying to direct you and lead you somewhere. And I said, but God, they've already heard my stories. This, this is not some great expounding on scripture. These are just stories, God. This is just stuff you've taught me. And so I'm having this conversation with him. I said, these are just things you've taught me. And this little bleep comes up on my screen because my instant messenger was on. And the message is from a friend and it says, just teach us what he's taught you. And I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> and so I'm just going to share with you some of, as I feel so old, some of the old stories. I want to share with you some of the things about the difference in the cry and, and allow you for just a moment to do a little bit of examination on your heart in this moment of time and to see where you might be with him. Um, the first one, there's this cry of rescue. Some of us need to give off this shout, this cry for rescue. Some of us have the enemy on our heels. Some of us, the devourer is eating our crops. Some of us are walking in places of fear and anxiety, and we need to offer a cry for rescue. Now, that is biblical. David did that. Rescue me, oh God. Anybody have a cry? And let me explain that cry a little bit. Several years ago, Katie was about in third grade, and we were sitting on the front porch, Hal and I, and a couple of Kirk and Christine Lockett's, for those of you who know them, but they were just friends of ours, and they were put, um, we were sitting on the front porch having a glass of sweet tea, because every good Southerner should do that, and Katie and Hannah Wilburn, had, we had a new puppy, and Katie and Hannah Wilburn decided to take the puppy for a walk. We live on a cul-de-sac, so that's fine. There's nowhere that they can go that we can't see them. We're right down the street from Jim and Renee Caldwell. If, you know, they're just right there. So we're sitting there, and uh, they're walking the puppy, and we're not really paying a whole lot of attention. We saw them pass by, and we're there, and all of a sudden, as we're talking, we hear, Daddy! We hear, you all know this scream, right? You know the one that puts a brick in the stomach of a parent? That scream? Well, we heard that scream. And we turned, and as we turned, we saw Katie and Hannah and dragging a puppy and this huge black dog. 
right on their heels. Teeth bared, I mean, just going after them for all they are worth. Well, everything happened in a split second. At that cry, my beautiful gray-haired husband became an Olympic hurdler. <laughs> and he cleared the railing on our front porch. He didn't take the time to go find the steps. He was, and is, Superman in... He cleared that banister, Kirk Lockett's to the steps. Christine went into her prayer language. <laughs> she went into to prayer language, opened her arms. Katie and Hannah are hitting it, and I'm running that direction. And by the time I get there, I look, Katie and Hannah are in Christine's arms, and she is like choking them, praying for them. And my husband has this dog by the nape of the neck and right above its little bootay, and he is launching that dog <laughs> into the neighbor's yard. And I'm pretty sure I heard the dog go, I believe I can fly. <laughs> But see, there is a cry of rescue. There is a cry of rescue. The scriptures tell us that he arises at the groanings of his people. Can you imagine what he might do at a cry? Some of you need to do that. Some of you, you've been in a mess for a while. You've been running. You are running in place and you are not getting anywhere. You need somebody to step in and rescue you. You have a God who can do that. You have a God who can arrive on the scene and change the situation. Do you understand that? There is a second cry, also a story I've shared with you before. There's a cry of remembrance. There are these moments in our life. There are times sometimes you'll forget something and then hypothetically you're spe speaking, your husband might go, hey, did you remember too? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I forgot. And then there are other moments where you remember something and your heart breaks. Your heart breaks because all of a sudden it hits you and you're like, oh, God. Well, see, those moments of remembrance, those moments when we've gotten too busy, those moments when we've gotten distracted, those moments. I had people this week come and go, I forgot what it was like to be in his presence. That's a bad thing to forget. But I completely understand it. Katie was just about, wasn't even two years old the first time we had to leave her with my mom. We had a business trip. And my mom took her and did what grandmas do. I know this because I'm a grandma now. Anything they want. That's what you do. And so what if their parents have to deal with that mess when they get back? We had to deal with them. And so you love them and you spoil them and you, you sit in the floor and you play with them and you distract them is what you do. You love them, you play with them, you distract them until their parents come and get them pretty much. And um, so Katie had stayed with my mom and we were going to meet in Cookville and we were going to do the exchange and I was going to get Caitlin. And, and so I got there a little bit early. I was really anxious to see her, really excited and pulled in and got in a parking place and, and was watching for him and I could see the car you know, because mama always kind of drove a Cadillac. I mean, you saw it coming for like five minutes and <laughs> it could have had a deck off the back. But, but she, comes in, uh, she comes pulling in and I can see Katie in the back seat and she was in her car seat and she had all of her toys and she's just jabbering away and talking and talking and talking. She still does that, by the way. And uh, 
She just, the, the girl has always loved to talk. I just don't understand that. I don't know where she got that. <laughs> but she just talked and talked. And she was, she was having a conversation with somebody and she's playing with these toys and having a good time. And my mom pulls in, gets out of the car and Katie's still in there talking to herself, being in her happy place and playing with her toys. And mom came around the side of the car and I stepped out of the car. And when I stepped out of the car, I was in her line of vision. And when she saw me, this look of dawning crossed her face like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be with you. And oh my goodness, this child began to wail and she began to throw things off of her table. She began to kick the back of my mother's seat and she just began to cry. I mean, she was a mess because she remembered. And my mom, it was the most Hilarious thing, because my mom is going, I promise she's been happy. <laughs> I promise it's the first time she's cried. We went to McDonald's. We went to the park. And she starts listing all of these things. And you know what? That is exactly what the world does. It distracts us from the purpose. All of these things are designed to make us forget where we're supposed to be. All of these things have been put in place to make us forget the fragrance of his presence. All of these things keep us busy and happy and occupied. And then we have this moment when we remember and in that moment, you know what your response ought to be? You ought to kick. You ought to scream. You ought to wail. You ought to push the toys off of your table. And you ought to get to that which you've remembered. Amen? Amen. There is a cry of remembrance that some of us need to make because some of us have forgotten. We've forgotten that we're just on a journey. We are just visitors here. This is not our home. This is not our home. And we need to remember that. We need to remember whose we are. Amen? Well, there is one more cry. And I believe that this is a cry that just reestablishes everything in our life. Vonda Coble. How many of you guys have the privilege of knowing Vonda Coble? Is the girl a trip or what? Does the girl love God or what? Yes, she does. Well, Vonda comes to mind on this one because she just is a passionate pursuer of Christ. The girl has walked some roads, let me tell you. She has walked some roads and found him faithful. And everything about her life shows his faithfulness. And we were having a women's retreat. And it was a good women's retreat. All women's retreats are good. But we were still waiting. We were still waiting because we knew that God had more. We weren't sure how to get there, but we knew that God had more. And so we were just waiting. And so we had encouraged the ladies to just find a place and begin to seek the Lord and begin to pray. And we had some music going. And Vonda goes to the back of the room and she gets down on her knees and gets down on her face. And I don't know if y'all have ever experienced worship with Vonda, but it kind of like escalates. Let's just put it that way. And so I hear her go. And I can't, I can't do it like she does it. But that's why everybody has to offer their own praise because nobody else can praise him like you do. But so I, she gets back there and all we hear is, mm, 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 mm. Oh, yeah. Holy. Holy. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. Holy. Holy. Yes, you are. <laughs> holy. 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 And every time she says it, it just starts to climb. It just starts to build because it's coming from this place in her heart that recognizes God. You know the best thing she ever said to me? She was going through a trial. Just a, She was in a hard place. And I asked her, I said, Vonda, how are you doing? How are you doing? And she went, I can grow. I can grow. And I thought, what a God response. Whatever we're going through, to look for the opportunity to grow. And so I knew when she was crying holy, she was growing. I knew that whatever she was facing in that battle, she was like, and this is what she did. She got up off her knees and she's like, oh, holy. Oh, holy. Holy, 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 holy God. Holy God. Holy God. And the women begin to join in. <laughs> the women just begin to join in. First one over here and then one over there. And soon the cry in the room was just, Holy, holy, holy. Holy are you God. Holy are you God. Holy are you God. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Holy are you God. And there is this cry that will reseat the throne of your heart. There is this cry that removes you from the place of headship that you have taken that you shouldn't take. And it is all encapsulated in this one word. You are holy, holy, holy. He is sovereign. He is mighty. He is God alone. He is God alone. He is God alone. And you begin to cry holy. And everything shifts. Everything changes. He is reestablished. As, does anybody need that? We don't purposely take that seat ourselves. You know, we don't mean to do it. But what happens is that we don't like something. Or we don't want to do something. Or we don't want to go somewhere. We don't want to be obedient in something. And we think, oh, it's just, I, I, just, I'm just not doing that. But literally, if you can just see this for a moment. Excuse me, God. Can you step aside? No, I don't think I want to do that. Okay, come back because I need healing. So if you could be God now and give me this healing, then that would be awesome. And, and he goes, would you want to do this? Well, just a minute. Well, not exactly. We want him on the throne when we need him to do something or be something, but we don't exactly want him on the throne when he wants us to do something or be something. But that's, that's just free. <laughs> I upset a few people daily. I mean, but the first week, and, I, and, and the grace and beauty of it is, is you all are open enough to tell me that I offend you. <laughs> and, and I had people go, I, I just don't get it. You, you said that we have the relationship with God that we have chosen. Who chose it? We are as deep as we want to be. We have gone as far as we have chosen to go. Because according to what I read in scripture, he said he withholds no good gift. That's part of his fatherhood. That's part of what he does. And so how could he possibly, as a good father, go, no, I don't want you near me. 
He says, if we draw near to him, what does it say? It says, he will draw near to us. And it literally means, if you will give him your all, he will give you his all. Who's getting the better deal here? <laughs> and so I feel like God is going, see, these three definitions, how, how far do you want to go with him? Seriously. How much of God do you want in your life? Because however much you want, that's what's available. However much you need, that'll be the amount that you pursue. And however much you are desperate for, you will set yourself on a collision course with. I want it all. I want all. 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 Not a little bit. And I want more than I had yesterday. I want to know more about him now than I knew yesterday. What about you? The, it's an invitation. If you will cry out, I need a band. Has anyone seen a band? <laughs> if you will cry out to him, if you will call out to him, what I really believe I would love to do, we, we have had some... <laughs> the band behind me is going, we don't know where she's going. <laughs> um, I would really love to rejoice in him. How do you all feel about that? How do you feel about just going out with some rejoicing? I want to pray for you first. Could you stand with me for just a minute? When we begin, we're, uh, we're going to do... Um, I think we're going to do deep cries out. Um, because I believe that God is going to stir some of you today to a place of going, when we get to the point in this song, when it says, we cry, what do they say, shout? When they say, shout, everything that's in you, whether it's for a cry of rescue, a cry of remembrance, a cry of reestablished holiness, I want that to be in your shout, okay? Okay, so just let me pray for you real quick. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father. Oh, Jesus. Holy God, holy God, holy God, holy God, holy God, we bless you. Father, for each of these, God, I thank you, Lord, that there is an upward calling. I thank you, Father God, that the veil was torn so that we could come in. And Father, I pray we never take that for granted. I pray, Father, that we would see it as the privilege that it is and that we would run towards you for all that we are worth, God. I thank you for the access you have given us. I thank you for the drawing of your Holy Spirit. And now, Father, for each of these, I pray that their desire for you would deepen and and deepen and deepen and that they would only find in you the satisfaction that they seek. Father, I pray for hearts that would hunger and thirst after you and nothing else, God. May they never be satisfied by the things of the world. May their hearts always burn after you, God. We bless you. We thank you. And we are going to rejoice because you are a God who has given us access. Father, we are going to thank you. We are going to move. We are going to shout. We are going to dance because we are your people and you've given us this privilege. We bless you. We call you holy in Jesus' name. And they said, amen. amen. And young people, I need to see some dancers over here. So let's just
of you that want to dance and you don't know if you're welcome, you are more than welcome. Come and occupy the space, not just the young people. All right, let's do it one more time. Go to the left, let's go to the left. If he goes to the left, then we go to the left. And if he goes to the right, then we go to the right. We're gonna jump, we're gonna jump, 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 jump in the rhythm.